This is episode 11. Did I say 11? This is episode 11 of the Coaching for Pastors podcast. Hey, Pastor, welcome to episode 11. I've got a shorter episode for you today. I say shorter, but I think it's a little bit more dense. I'm not going to assume that all of those of you listening know who I am and what I'm doing, but my name is Jeff Cady. I'm the pastor at Community Heights Alliance Church in Newton, Iowa. It's about 30 minutes east of Des Moines, Iowa. So we're kind of close to the greater metro area, Des Moines being the capital of the state of Iowa. I am pursuing a doctor of ministry degree. I'm in my last year of it. And I'm reading this book called Recapturing the Wonder, Transcendent Faith in a Disenchanted World by a man named Mike Cosper. There's a section in this book that I want to read to you, and it's, it deals with solitude. Solitude is not actually something that is congruent to our culture, especially our pastoral culture. I'm in a week right now, in fact, This is somewhat of a distraction for me. At a moment in time, I just grabbed the mic, pushed record, and wanted to talk to you for a few minutes, but I'm in a a week like many of you will have, uh, a lot of things kind of back to back, and you toss in a funeral and meeting with a family and preparing, as well as all of the other usual things. You toss in a a five-page paper due uh, one evening, uh, you toss in some grandkids and trying to spend time with your wife. And uh, then, of course, you've got your weekly Sunday to Sunday messages. And so I thought, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to just sort of record a short Coaching for Pastors episode. Because in this book, it's he's talking about solitude. And he's talking about recapturing the wonder of a life with Jesus, the the, the transcendent faith that captures that wonder and that, that pauses long enough to see to see the moment, to live in the moment, to see the beauty of a day, the beauty of a child playing in the grass, uh, you know, the beauty of the moon in the sky or the wind blowing blowing through the leaves on a tree. Stopping, taking some deep breaths, just thinking about God. That's really not what we do, pastors. Come on, you know it. You know it. I know it. We're usually pretty busy, but I have found that the older I get, the more I am drawn to wonder, the more I am drawn to beauty for the sake of beauty, the more I am drawn to the creativity of God that's all around me, and the more I want to stop and smell the roses. So let me read these few paragraphs to you. They're on page 78 and 79, again of a book by a book by Mike Cosper called Recapturing the Wonder, Transcendent Faith in a Disenchanted World. And he says this, and see, see if this doesn't touch a spot in your heart that needs to be touched right now as you're listening to this. He says there's a romanticized view of solitude that's often expressed among Christians. We think that if we had the time and space to withdraw for a while, we'd experience peace and bliss. But he says the reality is often much more harsh and difficult. In solitude, we seek God, but the first thing we encounter is ourselves. The real you shows up 
with all of its embarrassing attributes. Frustrated about your sex life? Tired of compulsively eating garbage? Burdened by the shame of an addiction to pornography or substances? Solitude often forces us to look upon these sorrows square in the face and makes us reckon with a cold reality. Actually, we like our busyness. We like the chaos of our lives. We like it because it distracts us from ourselves. Cosper goes on to say, solitude has a learning curve. It's a practice we embody. Like anything worth doing, our first efforts will be pained. The, quote, terror of silence, unquote, as David Foster Wallace called it, will tempt us away from the quiet. We will long for email, to-do lists, a sink full of dishes, the unread messages on our phone, anything that can turn our attention away from that quietly simmering something that makes solitude so troubling. So we practice solitude like a beginning violinist. We practice poorly, but poor practice marked by a wandering and restless mind isn't bad practice. Done with some regularity, it can become rich. We can discover a space in our hearts and in our world where the Lord meets us. As we'll see, it's the beginning of the end of our religious efforts, a chance to face both the reality of our spiritual poverty and the wealth of God's spiritual blessings. Man, I read that and I just thought, oh, how many pastors need to hear that? You know, we stop in solitude and we find ourselves. I wonder if that's you. Is that you? Are are you so afraid to see what's inside that you just keep busy? Keep busy. Stay busy. Stay distracted from the things that are that are tearing and ripping at your soul. Stay busy and busy yourself with unimportant things. Well, the important things are left unattended, undone, unlooked after. Is that you? I got to ask the question, is that me? Do I stay busy because I don't want to face the harsh reality of my inner life? Or can I quiet myself before God? As a pastor, as a shepherd of other people, can I quiet myself before God? And can I deal with the junk for which I've already been forgiven? And I thought, you know what, could could you take a legal pad and could you sit quietly? And could you write something to the effect of, since I have been forgiven, and since I am before God, blameless and righteous, and since Jesus died to pay for all my sins, therefore... I can deal with the addictions in my life. I can deal with the unhealthy practices and habits. I can deal with the wandering thoughts and impure desires of my mind and my heart. I can write these things down and I can deal with them one at a time. One at a time, I can sit with 
a trusted friend and confident, confidant, a, a trusted spiritual advisor, and pick these things off one at a time. I can name them before my friend and before God, and I can claim the righteousness of Christ, and I could declare that I no longer want to walk in these addictions. I no longer want to walk in these bad habits. I don't I no longer want to practice these these thought processes and these desires. But I want to live into who I already am. I am clean and spotless, blameless and faultless, and righteous before God because of the sacrifice of his son. Therefore, as a pastor, as a shepherd to the sheep, I want to take the time to sit quietly before my God. I want to do what my Savior did when he walked the earth. I want to perhaps get up early and get off to a solitary place where I can pray. I want to confess my sins to someone else so that I can be healed. What is it that has been gnawing at your heart and soul? What is it that you think about just before you step in front of others to teach them God's word? What is it that causes you to feel insecure and unqualified and even unworthy to enter a hospital room and to pray with somebody or to counsel somebody spiritually in a direction that perhaps you yourself are struggling to go? I challenge you to get quiet. And in finding yourself, you'll find God. You'll find God there to deliver you. You'll find God there to bail you out. You'll find God there to make you whole. I want that for you, Pastor. I want you to be whole. I I don't want you to be fragmented and disillusioned anymore. My friend, could you recapture the wonder of your walk with God? Don't you desire that? I mean, you do. I know you do. If you're leading a body of believers, I don't care if it's five people, 10 people, 100 people, 1,000 people, you desire to recapture the wonder of a walk with God that is vibrant and creative and life-giving. Don't settle for less. Don't settle for less. I, I give you freedom and permission today to go for it. What have you? What do you have to lose? You, you don't have anything to lose except for this empty, unstable, weak approach to ministry in the flesh. You don't want to do that. We, we want to do ministry in the power of the Spirit of God. So recapture the wonder, get into silence with God and solitude with Him. Work the processes of your soul, claiming the goodness of God that is already in your life as a believer. Go for it, and I am cheering and praying for you. Cheering you on, and I'm praying for you. God bless you, Pastor, as you do the greatest work in the world, caring for the souls of people, reaching out, loving people, sometimes when they're at their most unlovely spot. God bless you. Hey, 
I'll see you next week on the Coaching for Pastors podcast.